You're listening to the best of the Earl Stewart on Cars program. If you have a question, text it to 772-497-6530 or online at youranonymousfeedback.com. Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Hi, folks. This is uh, Earl, the recovering car dealer. You were just listening to my recorded voice. And here I am, live and in color in the studio uh, with our team, our automotive team, Rick Kearney, Stu Stewart, Nancy Stewart, and me. And uh, as soon as we go live, I just I get a shot of adrenaline. Love the show. Love what we do. Love you. Uh, you are the key to the show. You, I'm talking about our audience out there on Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, old-fashioned radio or wherever you may be in the world i mean we're really international now and we're certainly all over the united states we've had a call from bali that makes us international uh and uh, we're growing uh, we are unique i know that sounds self-gratifying but the fact is i know of no other show that does what we do uh, we are here for a very important purpose and that's for the car owners of the world. Um, cars are sold differently than any other retail product. And the people that sell those call, cars are called car dealers. By the way, in full transparency and disclosure, I'm a car dealer. I'm, uh, uh, I'm selling cars. I have a, a car dealership right now. This is not an infomercial, though. I have evolved into a consumer advocate. Most of you know that. And... Uh, for you new folks out there, um, think about uh, radio talk show hosts and a team of talk show hosts that dares tell the unvarnished, naked truth every week. And that's what we do. Uh, we, we pull no punches. We name names. We have a mystery shopping report. You'll hear that later on in the show where we visit a car dealership in South Florida. And we pretend to buy or lease a car, and we tell exactly what happened. We name the dealership, the salespeople, the management team, everybody. And we've been doing this for 17 years. We've never been sued, and that's because the truth is a perfect defense against libel and slander. That's exciting. That's unique. Plus, we answer your questions. Cars are... Um, technical miracles now. They are caught up in the knowledge revolution, the digital uh, explosion, the artificial intelligence, all those other uh, crazy terms that nobody ever heard of 20 years ago. And we have cars now that are very complicated. So I remind you, as I said in the introduction, I've got a man sitting to my right here in the studio. His name is Rick Kearney. And he's worked for me for over 20 years. I know him very well. Uh, he's still fixing cars. But what he's doing today bears no resemblance to what he did 25 years ago. He has truly become, I call him an auto computer scientist, because he has to be that trained. He, he, he spends a lot of time in school, online, 
in the class because every time they come out with a new model car, things are changing radically. You've probably got a car now that's five years old, six years old, seven years old. Those cars are changing every year. If you have some questions about cars, you call Rick Kearney. And the call-in number is very important, 877-960-9960. Most of you have that memorized. We have a good, really, base uh, group of listeners. But if you haven't, write the number down. If you don't have a question now, later in the show you will, 877-960-9960. And we get a huge number of texts. We love the text because, well, I, I think people like texting because you don't have to, it's not... Uh, invasion of your privacy. You can do it uh, in the confidence and less the of a commitment. Huh? It's less of a commitment. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to. Exactly. You don't have to get into a conversation. Yeah, right I forget that live radio is scary, and, and it's because I'm one of these people. I've been doing it for so long, uh, but um, you don't have to be scared. You have to just text us seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. You don't even have to use your name, but seven seven two. Four nine seven six five three zero, and we get a surprising number of uh, inquiries, comments, suggestions on our anonymous feedback line. This is a web link, and it's just www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Write that down. You can say anything you want to. We get some attacks. I've I've been personally attacked. Not very often. I'm surprised how little I get attacked. I actually would like to have some more attacks. Because that proves the veracity of our anonymous feedback line. So please attack me at www.youranonymousfeedback.com. I'm only kidding. Your comments. Be nice. But we have a lot of people that uh, do the anonymous just because they can, and it's simpler. YouTube, Facebook, we're on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Periscope. We're all over the place, and we'd love to hear from you. That is the most important part of our show. Uh, let me start out by uh, turning the microphone over to Nancy Stewart. She's my co-host. She's my wife. Uh, she's the love of my life. And uh, she's also uh, a very, very strong advocate for you female listeners. Thank you so much. Hey, guys, can you feel the energy in the studio? Wow, we're on fire. So don't go anywhere. Stay right with us. And uh, ladies... $50 for the first two new lady callers, and uh, would love to hear from you. So many of you have texted me throughout the week and emailed me, and I appreciate it so much. But I want to hear from you this morning, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I forgot to mention earlier about our mystery shopping report. We have something unique in store for you today. Uh, we actually uh, taped a car dealer's television advertisement. Typically, with our mystery shopping report, we respond to an advertisement. And this time, we, we did that. Um, usually, we respond to online. Uh, but television is difficult uh we see an advertisement on television, we're like you. We don't really know what it said because we can't read the fine print. And we all know that that's the way the car dealers get you, their TV ads and a lot of their other ads too. But we actually have a local television dealer's television ad recorded, and we have it notated. We have it marked up. We separate the audio, and then we separate the video. And by the way, Jonathan, 
in our control room who is our technical genius that makes this show happen technically with uh, synchronizing the sound and the YouTube and the videos and everything. Everything you're looking at now on Facebook or Periscope or YouTube largely is a result of uh, Jonathan's expertise. So he put this together. So we will combine our mystery shopping report today with uh, that television ad that is taken apart and freeze-framed and so you can see what it really said, not what you thought it said when you saw it on television. You probably did, by the way, because this particular car dealer saturates the airwaves with their television ads. So stay tuned. And all you car dealers out there, stay tuned, too, because it might be your TV ad. And do you want your TV ad taken apart and itemized and the audio compared to the video and the fine print compared to the apparent message of the advertisement? Do you want that done to your TV ad? It might be done. You might be the dealer. Nancy? Absolutely. So stay tuned for that. Very, very important part of the show. We're going to go to John, and he's calling us from Stewart. Morning, John. Hello. Good morning, John. Good morning. Can you hear me? We can hear you. We can hear you. We hear you loud and clear, John. Okay, I think this is a question for Rick. I listen to you guys' program all the time. Now, this is the second time I called in. Oh. And I have a 2000, I have a 2002 or four Toyota Matrix XRS. And I let, we let this girl or these people, they stay with my mom at our house sometimes. They're flight attendants like my wife. And so they drive down the 45th Avenue and get on the tri-rail and go down there. And so it's just used as a commuter. Mm-hmm. And so about... Three weeks ago, the girl was driving it down there, and all of a sudden, when she got past the weight station there, it started jumping and jerking and everything. And so, long story short, we took it to the the mechanic guy that I have, and she got it. It was out of apparently it was out of uh, uh, coolant, and so it fried everything. There's oh. supposedly there's some little plug in there that if you get it over, you know, 300 degrees, it it melts or something and so it got over that so i didn't know what to do so i said well let's try to rebuild the heads and so that's what his suggestion was so it's been about 650 bucks we rebuilt the heads first cylinder's compression was 100 the next one was 85 the third one was zero and the fourth one was two was 35 so we put some put some other stuff called Miracle Magic in the, the cylinder, the third one that didn't have anything, any uh, pressure. And so I'm waiting to see what happens. But, I mean, I don't know. what is there anything else I can do because it doesn't have any pressure? I guess the rings or something aren't. Rick knows more about it than I do. I just, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, my recommendation on that one would have been um, to replace the engine before without doing any head work because what will happen is the the piston rings are going to seize up the block is actually going to get warped the head is going to get warped at those kind of temperatures you're going to see so much damage to the engine that the the least expensive way out of that really would be to contact one of the lkq uh basically a junkyard a salvage yard and find a replacement engine, a used engine. And believe it or not, you can get some really decent quality engines, and 
these LKQ yards, uh, it's like kind quality is how they get their name. And they will actually give you even a year or uh, either a six-month or a one-year warranty on these engines. And, of course, the price accordingly. But you can get a used engine in for, I'm going to guess, installed for around twelve to 1500 and have it back on the road if you want to. Otherwise, you probably would be best just to contact one of the scrap yards and sell it for scrap because... Uh, once that engine's gotten that hot, there's so much damage across the entire thing that it's, it's almost impossible to salvage. Still, what's the value of a twelve of a two thousand four Matrix, approximately? Give me a minute. Okay, we'll check that out. The reason I ask that, John, is that uh, uh, you really are. It's not economically feasible to spend uh, over half the value of, of a vehicle yeah. on a repair because uh, then you have another repair that pops up later on, but. Uh, this idea about the used engine uh, is a great idea if you're going to do if you're going to go that road. And as as uh, Rick said, um, the test of uh, buying a used engine is do they have a good warranty? And this LKQ is one of the ones. Is that LKQ.com? If I wanted to look for a used part, uh, that would be the way on. Yeah. And basically, it's a it's a nationwide network yeah. of salvage yards. Yeah, they're very sophisticated. I hate calling calling them a junkyard. I used to call them junkyards, but this is a highly sophisticated, a reliable source of parts now, and we use it in our dealership, and a lot of other uh, dealers will use that when all else fails. If they're trying to do an economic repair, uh, you, the used part is a great economic uh, solution. About, about how many miles are on that matrix? John, how many miles on the 2004 Matrix? I think we might have lost John. If you're still listening, John, uh, let's assume it's a lot of miles. I mean, yeah, it's I, a, I just I put in 125,000. That's probably yeah. could be light. Don't know. It's not worth very much. Average auction prices uh, from Mannheim um, is running around seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah. So you're getting okay. uh, you're getting over half the value of, yeah. of repair. Uh, and so it's something you probably just ought to pass on and just find you try to f- buy yourself a good quality late model, later model uh, used vehicle would be my recommendation. John, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Oh, I hear you now. Yeah, I didn't hear you a minute ago. Yeah, but... No, I lost you. I lost you and I called, I called back. Cause oh, great. I, called, I, so I, I got the, the, I got the yell. Where is it at? LQ? LK, LKQ. LKQ stands for like, kind, quality likekindquality.com, and uh, it's a reliable source with warranty on the used parts they sell, which is key. And uh, we were talking about the value of your 2004 matrix is such... Yeah, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, the value of your 2000... What was the value estimated? About $1,700. About $1,700 if you were to sell it wholesale. You could retail it maybe for over 2000 But the fact that you're going to have to spend... Um, uh, what was the cost installed on the engine? I'm going to say twelve to fifteen hundred. So, so that's that's about half the cost, or over half the cost, actually, of the value. So you're right now where you're probably better off just to uh, sell the car as is. It has salvage value, and take that, put a down payment on a later model uh, used vehicle. And uh, uh, but the, uh, you're, you're, I'm sorry that you already spent six fifty. Uh, and I know yeah, you're tempted know. to well, want it. Probably going to be seven. It's probably going to be a thousand at the time because that was just for having yeah. it milled and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I'm probably going to spend like that. Yeah. So how much do you uh, 
so it's worth that much. How much you know, salvage yard? Give me like two hundred dollars or something. Or probably, pro- like probably more than that. Wouldn't they do a salvage yard with uh, what would they pay for that? Um, five hundred dollars, maybe. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it can get yeah. closer to five hundred. I mean, it's it's not much, but uh, uh, it's something. It's good. Think of the time you're saving and the aggravation, and, and never knowing if you're going to have another repair on top of the first repair. And you got good use out of that vehicle. I, you know, two thousand four yeah. and sixteen years. Uh, I think yeah, it's time to move up to a later miles. model. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got two fifty. So yeah, okay. Is there a junkyard you or a salvage yard or whatever you would suggest or something? I live in Stewart. Yeah, uh, we can. Yeah, we can get one local for you. I don't have one off the top of my head, yeah. um, but I can get that, and we could probably get, announce it before the show's over. Yeah, well, uh, I, t- I tell you what, you can you can just uh, text uh, us on our text line. Can you write this uh, text number down? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I got a pen. Seven seven two area code seven seven two four nine seven. Six five three zero seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Text us your contact information, and we'll uh, email you or text you uh, recommended salvage yards. Yeah, we'll give you two or three so you can get some, some bids on it. Okay, buddy. Thanks so much. You guys have a great day, and I really appreciate your show. Yeah, Rick has a Thank comment, you. John. Hey, John. Uh, yes, just a uh, quick search on Google came up LKQ Atlantic pick your part which is in riviera beach they're actually on dyer boulevard uh pretty much at the intersection of blue heron and military trail just a little way south of there and then a little west and i'm sure they'll have a tow service that they could come and pick the vehicle up for you even oh one source we'll give you a couple more on top of that yeah uh okay thank you john yeah google search there's probably 20 of them just right here in, in oh West Palm Beach area. Mm. Okay, I'll try that one there. Thank you so much, guys. Good Thanks. luck, John. Thanks Thank for the you, call. John. Thank you so much. Uh, can you go anywhere else and uh, turn on a radio show like this? Accurate information. We're working with you. You're working with us. What a fantastic show. So don't go anywhere. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero, and our show wouldn't be a show without Tina, who calls us from Bonita Springs. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, y'all. How are you doing? We're doing great. Good. Oh, Tesla is in the news again, and not for a good reason. If you look on Jalopnik.com, and it's also on the Verve, you'll pull up a news article about Tesla. Apparently. There's a gentleman who bought himself a used Tesla thinking it had everything on it, and it was sold as having all the software updates. But it turned out that one of the features that was sold to him was not available. And when he got a hold of Tesla, Tesla says, well, you know, you didn't buy the feature, so if you want the feature, which was an over-the-air update, I do believe, you have to pay $8,000 for it. Hmm. So, you know, some of I, you know, this, this is my thinking. My thinking is, say, for instance, I go to a used car dealer or some, or a car lot that sells new and used cars, which would be my preference. Yeah. And I bought a car that had cruise control and it had anti-lock brakes and it had four-wheel drive. Well, if I buy the vehicle and they say, well, you can't have those parts, you have to pay extra for that. Uh, well, I already bought the vehicle and you're charging me extra for the parts that was already advertised for, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But it brings about another question. 
a lot of these modern cars are going to have over-the-air software updates. Do we really want the manufacturer of our cars to have that much control over what we're driving? Yeah, I just back on you on the Tesla thing, uh, Tina. This is a little out of character for Tesla, and um, things may have changed. But you know, we've we've shopped Tesla. In fact, we uh, uh, Nancy and I were almost on the verge of buying a Tesla. Uh, they've got a reputation for being very transparent and honest in what they do. I know there's a lot of controversy. A lot of people uh, either love or hate Tesla, uh, but uh, in terms of their sales practices. Uh, they actually are a breath of fresh air compared to the average car dealer. And uh, I do know that sometimes you have to pay extra uh, for upgrades in your car, and that's the, that's what they do. Uh, it's part of their pricing solution. You're basically buying the car online, and they manufacture every car pretty much to specification. They don't have inventories of cars uh, that they sell from. They sell from pre-orders. So if you pre-order a car without a particular option, even though it's a software option, they will charge you for the software update, and that's just their price structure. It's kind of a new thing uh, with the way cars are, are being built today. But the thing is, this was a used car that somebody had purchased, and it already oh, was a used, Okay, car. they didn't buy it from a Tesla dealer, I see. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, so guess what? You didn't pay for it, so you're gonna have to pay for it. You're gonna have to pay eight thousand dollars to use car. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified that. That's that's bait and switch and and that doesn't surprise me coming from a conventional car dealer. But you know, if I were gonna buy a uh, I don't know. I don't think Tesla sells used Teslas. I think they only sell new ones. Yeah, I I never checked to find out. But uh you would think they would, but uh, maybe they don't. Anybody know? Well the thing well the, well, the thing is that Tesla themselves told the customer. It wasn't the used car dealer or the wholesaler. It was Tesla itself yeah. that told the customer, hey, listen, if you want this, you're going to have to pay for the update, yeah. even though the previous owner had already paid for it all. Oh, that's, um, yeah, that's strange. I don't understand that. Uh, what was the source yeah. on that information? Tina, where did you read that? Uh, Jalopnik, J-A-L-O-P-N-I-K, and then it's Great also website. on the Verve. Yeah. Yeah. V-E-R-V-E. Yeah. Well, as, if that happened, that's wrong, and uh, shame on Tesla, but uh, I, I think it's a fluke, in my personal opinion. I don't think, to my knowledge, it's the first time I've heard of Tesla uh, directly uh, flim-flamming anybody, but it could happen, and things change. I, when Tesla first came out, everybody thought it was a perfect car, and then two or three years later, they found out uh, some of the cars weren't so good after all. So things do change. You can't just form an opinion about any vehicle manufacturer or dealer and figure it's going to be that way for a long time. Things do change. Yeah, and Consumer Reports has never been a fan of Tesla's, as we all know. So if you want more information on Tesla, just pull up Consumer Reports, pay the very nominal fee for a subscription, mm-hmm. and you'll find out more information than you want to know. I got you. Well, thanks, Dean. That's very good information. Um, what, what else is on your mind this morning? Well, um, the other thing that I wanted to mention, kind of a follow-up, is my, my mom. She went online last weekend and looked up the make and model of their vehicle, and they are not under the airbag recall, so they're okay. Good. Everything worked out as far as that went. Well, you pick up the paper every day, there's another recall. I, I just found one on Hyundai, uh, 540000 Hyundai's recalled or something like that. 
uh, because uh, they're catching on fire. And, uh, and it was on page, uh, I think, 18 of the Palm Beach Post, buried mm-hmm. on page 18 of the paper. Uh, the interesting thing about this is the Hyundais, they'll, the cars will catch on fire even when the engine's not running. So how'd you like to buy a Hyundai, drive it home, park it in your garage, go to bed, and at 3 o'clock in the morning, the fire department knocks on the door, says your garage and home are on fire. That's that's one hot vehicle. Yeah. (laughs) And they don't even, people don't get excited about it. That's what amazes me is it's it's an (laughs) SOP. It's life. Yeah. Hey, Tina. Just just, just as a matter of a public safety announcement, if you smell smoke or if you see anything coming up from under the hood of your car, Get out immediately because cars catch fire and they'll be engulfed. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stop the car first, though. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we had a couple of roll. comedians here this Jump morning. Jump out and roll. <clears throat> hey, Tina, back to your uh, original topic, Tesla. Uh, you, yes. As we all agreed, you can buy a used Tesla, but you better be serious about it because you're not going to get your deposit back. You have to transfer that to another used Tesla. Just a oh, heads wow. up. That's good to know. It is. Tina, thanks so much for your call. And uh, Mm -hmm. thanks for supporting the ladies that call here. And uh, what do you have to say about that? Wait a minute. Rick has something to say first. Uh, Can I read a a quick thing from Jalopnik here about this particular story? I just found it was looking at it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let's recap this. uh, Let's recap a little bit at this point. A Model S with enhanced autopilot which includes the summon feature and full self-drive capability, is sold at auction. A dealer buys it. After the sale to the dealer, Tesla checks in on the car remotely and decides that it shouldn't have autopilot or full self-drive capability. The dealer sells the car to the customer based on the specifications that they were aware the car had and were shown on the window sticker and confirmed via a screenshot from the car's display showing the options. And later, when the customer upgrades the car's software, autopilot and full self-drive disappear. Apparently, Tesla, in that software update, decided those features shouldn't be available on that car anymore, and they took them away. Well, theft. Again, uh, we have one source... And we need to check the validity of that. I would think that if so, someone were to go to Tesla on this, there might be a different story. But you never know. Mm-hmm. And it is worthy yeah, of mentioning. Either, either way, the customer, either way, the customer, customer got, they got like, screwed, yeah. Wait a second. This is, this is, yeah. Here's, here's the response from Tesla. Uh, Tesla. This is from Tesla customer support. Tesla has recently identified instances of customers being incorrectly configured for autopilot versions that they did not pay for since there was an audit done to correct these instances. Your vehicle is one of the vehicles that was incorrectly configured for autopilot. We look back at your purchase history and unfortunately full self-driving was not a feature that you had paid for. We apologize for the confusion. If you're still interested in having those additional features, we Send can begin the process to purchase the upgrade. Okay. Right. I think we beat that to death. And okay. I, I think we, we have uh, a call we, waiting. Okay. And we have, thanks very much, Tina. We're going to do a little further deep dive investigation on that. And uh, thank you very much for the call. And we have another call. Thank you. And you're, you're very welcome. See you later. Thanks, Tina. Bye, Tina.
I know what you're going to say, Tina. I'll say it for you. But we're going to go to uh, John, another one of our favorite callers from Palm City. Good morning to everyone. I have the answer to John from Stewart uh, Wrecking Yard in his area. Oh, great. It's on Salerno Road. It's called Snake Road Wrecking Yard. It's a very big place. It's been there for years. Hmm. That sounds I, scary. Today, there. The question Snake I road. have for Rick <laughs> on tire sensors, we have a cool day today. And some cars, it's you'll see the light go on for low tire pressure. <clears throat> now, I was told how true it is. If you're more than two to three pounds above or below the sticker that's on your car door, that recommended manufacturer, that that light can be affected. Is there any truth in that? Two to three difference from what the door sticker says that that light can come on for low tire pressure. Is that true? Very close. It actually is going to depend on what's called the threshold. The, the electronic sensors, the, uh, you can program this either with the scan tool or there's some cars there's ways to do it with the reset button where you set the level, the air pressure that you want that light to come on. So you can set it to come on, say, at 25 pounds, at 28 pounds, at 30 pounds, 35, whatever. And when the pressure falls below that level, that's when the light will trigger. So if your threshold is set close to where your tires are, and we get a nice cold day, of course, typical physics, low temperature lowers pressure, and that air pressure that is Avogadro's comes principle. down a little bit. That is Avogadro's principle. Avogadro's principle. There you go, Stu. Yes. <laughs> physics. Okay, now I have an exact example. It's a 10-year-old car, 2010, okay? And the man that I spoke to, it says that he was told that one of the batteries is completely shot inside, I guess, the tire sensor and a computer combined. I don't, I don't know what it looks like. And he said that it has to be replaced, and, and there's another one that's weak. They do some kind of testing on it. Now, what I want to ask you is that an expensive uh, process? They say the tire has to be taken apart because the computer is inside the tire near the valve stem. So he said that the car is 10 years old, and he said, I may not even fix it. I may just put a piece of tape on my dashboard. I said, that's not very smart because it's a safety feature. You know, you do use the car on 95, even though he doesn't put a lot of mileage on it. But I said... If it's one that's shot and the other one is weak, put all four on. Would that be a very expensive process to install new tire sensors, four of them? Well, the tire sensor itself with its battery actually is the valve stem now. And okay. we basically, we drove cars for 100 years without them. If you, you know, if your tire sensor goes bad and you don't want the expense of replacing them, just ignore the light and check your tires once a month for air pressure or maybe a little more often. Replacing them requires actually breaking the tire loose of the bead, replacing that sensor, the valve stem. But then on Toyotas, it has to be reprogrammed by way of a computer so that it let uh, an outside scan tool computer that tells the car to accept these new sensor codes and read those sensors and ignore the old ones. Uh, some cars can now, you simply replace the sensor, put it in a learning mode, and it goes right through. 
And yeah, it can get expensive because the sensors are over $100 each. Okay, does the tire afterward have to be rebalanced? Only if it's completely removed, which we don't do that. Oh, I see. It has a way that you can break the bead and just stick the, stick the new sensor in, I imagine, right? Yep. But there's no way. That is that a battery combined with a computer, but there's no just changing the battery, right? Nope. It's all one unit, just a sealed okay. unit. Well, I, I also pointed out to him another fact that he's a snowbird, and the car gets transported back and forth to the New York area, and I said, you know, by truck, to deliver door-to-door. I said, also, just remember one thing. You have a mandatory safety inspection in New York. And if you try to go through that with a piece of tape on a dashboard, you're going to fail tremendously. So that's another factor. But it's safety more than anything that's involved. So my advice is to fix all four. And by the way, I said to him, I'm not sure. I think he has a full-size spare. If it's a full-size spare, that also has a sensitive um, tire sensor in also? Some do. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you for the advice. Thank you, John. Appreciate the call, as always. Glad to have you back with us. Always great to hear Thank from you. you. Glad you could get okay. through. Have a wonderful okay. weekend, John. Give us a call toll-free at 877. Welcome back, Nancy. Welcome back. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, John. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. We'd love to hear from you. We have a caller, <coughs> excuse me, from Tampa. Welcome to the show. Tampa caller, good morning. Hello? Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Could I have your name, please? My name is Sydney Mondesi. Sydney, thank you for calling. What can we do for you? Um, I have a question for Rick. Okay. Uh, I have a Toyota Highlander 2013. I got 143,000 mileage on it. And it starts burning oil at 121,000. I don't know why. And there's no oil leak, nothing. But it's burning a lot of oil. Yeah, unfortunately, sometimes engines do wear a little quicker than others. Uh, it comes down to just uh, sometimes it's a, a problem with maintenance. Have you owned the car since it was new? Or did yeah, you buy it? Uh, and you've had the oil changed every 5,000 or every 10,000 with the five, synthetic oil? Every 5,000 five mileage, I do oil change, dilatation, alarm it. Hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, sometimes the, the engines just start to wear funny. Uh, the piston rings may start to seize up or gum up with the oil. Did they say 42,000 uh, 42, miles? 142,000. 142, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Um, probably with that engine, the best bet that I would recommend would be to have it overhauled. Uh, it's, it's not a super as expensive as a, replacing the engine, even with a used one. Uh, basically, the mechanic would remove the engine, take it apart, replace the piston rings and the bearings, and put all new seals in it. And that would probably get you straightened out and back on the road and good for another 200,000 miles or more. What would that cost him, Rick? I'm going to guess somewhere around uh, two to 3000 But a But even a used engine 
just the engine alone is going to be three to four thousand, and a new engine you're talking eight to nine thousand. And that's just the part. Then installation is going to be probably another twelve to fifteen hundred. So when you when you do well, a re- I'll say uh, nine to nine hundred to a thousand for installation. Would there be a warranty on that repair? Overhauling the engine, every part that gets put into that car would get a one year unlimited mileage warranty from okay. Toyota on the parts, right? Yep. It's a it's a four cylinder, and why is morning oil so early? Unfortunately, I I couldn't answer that to, you know exactly to tell you why. Um, it could be that one of the piston rings is broken or, you know, just broken down. And, of course, that lets the oil get in a lot easier into the cylinders to where it burns oil. Um, it could be bad, uh, The the what they call the, uh, oh, man, sorry, I'm having a bit of a brain issue here this morning, the, the seals for the valves. But most likely it's going to be a piston ring issue. About the PCV valve. I'm sorry? The PCV valve, do I need to change it? Uh, generally not, because PCV valves anymore, there's really no maintenance to them. And the only thing that really happens with them is that they get plugged up, and then that would actually stop it from having oil burning or even having those extra gases. Uh, you could give that a try. It may help improve that oil burning a little bit. But if if it's going through a lot of oil, then you may need to have it overhauled. I have another question for Al. Um, Recently, I bought a Subaru Legacy 2019 in September, and I went. I just it just has five thousand miles, and I went to Subaru to have it maintenance. They tried to charge me over a hundred dollar. Why? And I told them I got three years. Thirty-six thousand dollars warranty, and they say it's not free anymore. Why should they change it? Oh, I don't know. I, I'd be writing the manager's office saying, "Wait a minute," because if you've got paperwork that shows that you should have paid maintenance, and especially on a 2019 Subaru, I, I'd be I'd be taking that paperwork and be in the manager's office and saying, "Hey, what's going on?" And put it in writing. You, you know, I would email them first and let them know that you were uh, misinformed. And uh, and now they're reneging on what they told you. Uh, taking it up the ladder anytime you're mistreated in a car dealership uh, is always better. If you can get up to the general manager or even the owner, often you'll get a complete satisfaction. And you're dealing with somebody in the online there that are on commission. Uh, suddenly they change their mind when their boss finds out about it. And the problem I have, they didn't tell me before about the car. And they give me a number I called. When I call, I call the, I tell the guy, if I knew, I would have paid for that. I will, I will not buy the car. And I tell him, you're lucky I cannot return it. If mm-hmm. I can return it, I will buy a Toyota. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, one of the reasons my, one of my latest columns was never go car shopping alone because oftentimes it's the salesman's word against yours. If you come in there with a friend or an advisor, it's at least two against one. Uh, unfortunately, the way cars are sold today, Salespeople will deliberately uh, misrepresent something to sell a car, and then they'll deny having said it. Uh, I would take it up the line, as I said earlier, and uh, if if he's had previous complaints, I think they might side with you, the customer, especially when you commit it to writing. I'd send him an email, and then I would follow up verbally. 
Thank you. Well, I'm sorry that happened. And thank you very much for the call from Tampa. We'd love to hear from you again someday and uh, see how things go with that Highlander. I hope uh, you can get the problem resolved. That is a little bit early on a good vehicle very to early. have the problem. You And I know how you feel. You feel bad, and uh, we feel bad for you. But let us know how that yeah. works out. Give us another call. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Take you, care. sir. Thanks for joining us Bye. this morning. Uh, ladies again. $50 for the first two new lady callers. So give us a call at 877-960-9960. And uh, more positive news about ladies. You know, I read in the automotive news that uh, uh, what they're doing, the uh, auto group, uh, what they're doing is that they're uh, attracting female talent by using videos to tell their stories of the women who work there. And guess what they're doing? The strategy has helped put more women in the customers, uh, new new clients, new customers. It's just a win-win situation. So, uh, again, I'd love to – I always like sharing positive news with you about the ladies and what they mean to the auto industry. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 777 777- Seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero, and we are going to go to Rod. He's calling us from the Smoky Mountains. Wow! Welcome, Rod. Hey, Rod. Uh, old crack dummy here, as, it, as we used to say. So, uh, you see, everything's getting a little cool for y'all down there and all now. You know, want to wish them a call and wish you all the best. I haven't talked to anybody in a while. Thank you. You know, down So, uh, just wanted to take a call and say I'm talking about you all and both being down there so much. But, uh, you know, spring's coming, so. Well, it's always good to hear from the Smokies. That's right. I love that place. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I'd like to retire there. Mm. Yeah, well, I'd love to come up and visit you. We love the mountains in the Carolinas. Thank you. I just wanted to, uh, wanted to just say something quick. I'm sure you're busy, so carry on and take care of y'all. Sounds good. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate hearing from you. Thank you. Uh, we are going to go to Warren, and uh, he's calling us from the Pompanos. The Poconos? No. <laughs> Warren, where are you? People are calling from Mountain Ranges. I'm in Pop- Pompano Beach. Oh, okay. Pompano. When Pompano? Nancy said you were in the Poconos. We just had a call from the Pokies. <laughs> I figured you were up there skiing. We have Jerry from the Catskills on the line. What's going on, Warren? Yeah, Pompano and... Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, this is a question for Rick. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Rick, I have a, a 2010 Ford Taurus with 150,000 miles on it, and it's still going, still going pretty strong. However, I had a brake job uh, maybe a year ago, and the brakes were so soft, a little mushy, and the mechanic I had it done with, he looked over every possible thing. It had a master cylinder replaced a couple of years ago. He said he wasn't that. He said he can't find anything. Uh, nothing comes out on the computer scan. He said he thinks it might be the ABS module, but he said nothing comes out on that. Um, and he says probably the only place you could go is the dealer, and maybe they have more sophisticated equipment. But they're like mushy, 
and he says he can't find anything wrong with it. What, what do you think that could possibly be? I'm going with that KISS method. Have they tried bleeding the brakes? Hey, keep it simple, stupid. It, That's okay. the one. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. He tried. He's a pretty good mechanic, and I trust him. He's tried every possible thing, and he says he did the computer scans. He looked in the engine. He he said he just can't find anything other than his guess was, but nothing comes out on the computer, and the light doesn't go on. Nothing. Nothing comes up on it. He says he can't find anything. He says other than taking it to the dealer and maybe going through a whole. You know, thing on it or something. Would you have any kind of guess on that or, or what it possibly could be? Well, you've got no external leaks for fluid leaks anywhere, so the fluid's not going out of the system. Uh, that loss of pressure then would have to be either the master cylinder or the ABS module getting an internal loss of pressure. It's, it's seeping past a valve somewhere, and that probably is going to be a bad unit on one of those two. Because uh, I know, and the reason I ask about bleeding them is because air in the system, you know, obviously when you step on the pedal, if there's any air in the system, air compresses, but fluid does not. That's why you get a mushy feel to it, you know, when you have air in there. Rick, would uh, if he went to a Ford dealer with Ford's diagnostic equipment, would that pick up? either of those two it's possible yeah. it's possible and, and uh, what would be the uh, diagnostic charge to do that for uh, approximately because i know you know yeah. i'm, I'm going to say probably between 100 and 150 dollars would be just a, a base diagnosis and if any competent dealership for that amount should be able to give you a a reasonably solid diagnosis of what's going on one of the big advantages at, at this point of going to the dealership is their guys have probably seen this issue, especially because Taurus is such a popular car. They've probably seen this 50 times over. And so they can say, oh, yeah, we know Good what point. that is. Good point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anytime uh, your local mechanic, even though he's a good guy uh, and smart, uh, can't diagnose a problem on a car, you're always better off to go to a dealer. But buyer beware. Ask him ahead of time. I need to find this, I have to have this problem diagnosed, uh, put your diagnostic machinery on it, what are you going to charge me? And you can maybe go to another dealer and find out what he charge you and get the best price and then let them use their factory diagnostic equipment that the independent will not have. So he is probably, he says he does, he doesn't, it's not the master cylinder, because that was replaced a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. But the ABS, his guess is he said the ABS module, yeah. although it's not coming out on any computer scans. He said that's his guess. He yeah. said probably only the Ford dealer could, you probably hit it on the head, only the Ford dealer could probably come out. And, and give you the right diagnosis. On yeah, it. like Rick said, he's probably seen it 20 times. You know, with a Ford dealer, they work 90% on Fords, and they see all the problems, and the independent probably hasn't seen it before. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Thank, Thanks, thank Warren. You appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank give you. us a call again. Bye -bye. Hey, 77. Thank you. I will. I like your show. Great show. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And back to what I was trying to say earlier to the ladies, I just want to remind you that uh, the Automotive News had an article that was really important, and uh, I was trying to tell the ladies that the strategy has really helped 
put more women in customer-facing roles and win over a lot of clients. So, ladies, I'm going to remind you, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call. Again, that number, 877-960-9960. And please stay tuned for the Mystery Shopping Report from Palm Beach Toyota. It's a doozy. We've got a lot of text backing up over there. Oh, yeah. We have like 12 anonymous feedbacks. We got oh, wow. like 10, 10 regular texts. <clears throat> we'll get through them. We have to get, add an hour to the show. That's what we got to do starting in the <laughs> 2021 season. <clears throat> okay. What is stopping Toyota, Ford, General Motors, et cetera, from setting up shop across the USA with a Tesla-styled model, boutiques featuring a vehicle or two, allowing the customers to order online right from the store? This wouldn't technically violate franchise agreements, would it? Something like this could happen overnight before car dealers could even react. Once these boutiques are in place, it would be too late for dealers to fight this in court because consumers would flock to this style of selling. Well, it is blocked by the franchise law in all 50 states very carefully, very thoroughly, and very completely. And that's the only reason we have a dealer uh, network uh, today. Uh, It was built over the past 100 years, and they are very, very strict laws. You cannot sell a car unless you're a franchise automobile dealer in any of the 50 states. Very good. Hey, Earl, what happened to the quote you used to read every show about doing what's right even if you don't have to? Wasn't that quote from Achiro Toyota? No, that was from Jim Press, who used to be uh, on the board of directors of Toyota. He was the only non Japanese had ever served at that time on the board, and he was in charge of Toyota for all of North America. And uh, Jim Press said, it's what you do for the customer when you don't have to. That's the test of true character, kind of like sticking up for somebody who can't defend himself. And that was a great quote, and I just thought I beat it into the ground and decided to quit saying it. But it's very true. Um, If you ever have an experience with a business anywhere and you have a complaint, and legally, they don't have to do anything for you, but they do it anyway. You found yourself a good businessman. Very good. Moving. Oh, Rick's got something there. I've actually got one for you, Stu. This one definitely is right for you. Steve E. says, question. Hey, Stevie. My mother is looking for a new Toyota SUV, and I'm helping. I've looked on the Toyota website, and the question is, why is the Land Cruiser nearly twice the price of the Forerunner and Sequoia? Um, probably because of the uh, reputation for the Land Cruiser. They can price it. It's considered a you know luxury SUV. Supply and demand. It is, I mean, they, it is put together pretty well. It's a big heavy-duty thing with every feature you can imagine. Um, there and are very, it's very few yeah. Land Cruisers available. Yeah. And uh, low supply, and then when somebody wants one, they want it real bad. Yeah. So um, to give you an example, in the southeastern United States, we just checked this out uh, in preparation for our mystery shopping report. Um, I think there were about 100 Land Cruisers looked like they were on, on the ground out of 174 dealers. So not everybody has them. And how many uh, forerunners would there be? Uh, thousands. Yeah. yeah. There, there you go. Supply and demand. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, Okay, here's a good one for Rick. Is it true that the solid lines that appear between the lanes as you approach a traffic signal indicate the point you need to apply your brakes? I think I remember Rick, remember Rick talking about this a few years back. I don't know if that's actually a, a rule that somebody put in place, but I think it's a fantastic rule of thumb. It, my, my opinion is if you're traveling at the speed limit 
and you're coming up to an intersection at the point where the center line goes from dotted to solid if the light turns yellow before you get to that solid line then you should have plenty of room to safely stop your car and you should stop for that yellow light because you're not going to make it through the red light. Yeah, the an- the answer to that is no. I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> I'd say go. I, apply your brakes that moment your gut says, oh, my God. I Drive carefully, folks. Please be <laughs> careful out there. Well, that, that's the point. Or is, test it out. See what happens today. Yeah. If, no, if the light turns that. yellow when you before you get to that solid line, then you should stop. But if you're already at the solid section. Floor it. And it turns do yellow, We're it kidding. means you're close enough that you should continue through. <laughs> and well, what exactly do you do? Uh, I drive carefully. He drives Let's carefully. move along. we got a bunch of text here. Obeys all the traffic laws. Earl, you've made your opinion of Jeep abundantly clear. What, in your esteemed opinion, is the worst vehicle Toyota ever made? The worst vehicle Toyota ever made? Uh, That's an interesting question. Uh I have, a, I, have, I have my guess. I'm going to write down what I think Earl's going to say. I'm going to write down what and, I think Earl's going to say. And then we'll see if I'm right. In the well, you know, it's not a fair question because I've been a Toyota dealer for, for 47 years. Oh, ever, it says 40. ever made. You can go back to 1968 if you want, oh, or gosh. 75. Oh, oh, it was probably the cargo vans that we used to sell back in the uh, 80s? late 70s and early 80s. You mean just the Toyota minivans? And also the... Uh, the original Land Cruisers were terrible. They would rust okay. uh, fast as can be. But. I was wrong. I was going to guess FJ Cruiser. That's what I thought you were going to say. Oh, yeah. It was Which not is a, a, I disagree. Yeah, yeah, the FJ Cruiser was not a quality car, but it was like the Jeep and the fact that the charisma was there. High resale value. People love them, and you can never sell enough of them. Yeah. From yeah. a mechanical standpoint, yeah. what do you think the worst uh, Toyota was ever, ever made? Uh, the new Supra. Really? I disagree. <laughs> and that, and that's only because I am a Toyota guy, and it's a BMW. a BMW. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> um, good morning. My, this is from Bob and Stuart. Good, my question, is there a time frame on airbags? I mean, maybe a shelf life um, on older vehicles when they may or may not work correctly? Talked about it last week. As questions come up several times, the answer is there is no time limit, and there should be, and that should be federally enforced. And if you've got a car with a 20-year-old airbag, you have a problem. And I think that you should uh, be aware of that. Mm-hmm. It's just there's no – sometimes you don't know when an airbag's going to fail. I mean, if uh, there's something in there that's going to fail, but you just won't know about it. So federal government, take heed, do something about it. This is from Brian on the west coast of California. I have a question that might be aimed more towards Rick for today. Last week, my father took delivery of that 2020 Kroll XSC, and he told us what a, what a great uh, um, great experience he had, and that was actually at a Frontier Toyota out there near uh, Pasadena. Um, Brian says, I noticed uh, immediately that the car, this is talking about the Corolla, that the car has a slight vibration while slowing down once the car hits about five miles or less. Then that same vibration feels relevant when accelerating up to about five miles per hour. Any idea what might that what that might be? I've never felt this in any car before. Thank you, and looking forward to the show as always. Hmm, a vibration. I'd actually have to play with that one because that I've I've never heard of something that yeah, that slowing very low down speed and like speeding that. up. That's 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 probably yeah. gonna yeah. especially at such a low speed. That that almost sounds like something's loose, but yeah. it. it wouldn't occur only for that short time. Yeah, Brian, I'd say you had your father had a good experience at Frontier Toyota. They seem to be like an honest dealership. Um, I'd take it right back to the service department there and mm-hmm. let them know. Let no. them test drive the car. And um, I'm sure it's 
Yeah, they, should test, drive it. Yeah. they okay. should test drive the car, and then they got to fix it. I mean, it's, it's going to be a puzzle, though. Okay. But, but, Brian, ride with the technician and show yeah. it to them. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me, guys. I feel a little left out. Nobody asked me what I thought was the worst Toyota built. Would you like my answer? No, it's no, a little t- delayed. T- tell us about your Barracuda, though. <laughs> I'm going to knock you off that uh, chair. Yeah. Hey, Tercel. The Toyota Tercel. Worst built. Okay. Thank you. Okay, next text. Ah. This is anonymous feedback. Oh, good. It says, how come you don't give Nancy the respect that's due on the worst Toyota question? I'm just kidding. That's, that didn't say that. <laughs> that might be coming in, though. Uh, dear Earl, I, listen, I just listened to your show. This came in after we concluded the show uh, last week. We're just catching up to it. Um, I have two questions. First, do you have a Twitter live link that I can get to your show in real time? The answer to that is yes. It's twitter.com forward slash Earl on Cars. We're live on there right now. Um, second question. I just went to the Consumer Reports that you mentioned on the air on the 1st of, uh, December, of February. It was the Consumer Reports with the yellow magazine cover with a smiley face. I mm-hmm. looked up the brand rankings you spoke about. Not only is Nissan ranked above Honda, but so is Dodge and Mini. That just doesn't seem right to me. How could Dodge, be, as a manufacturer, be rated as number 8 and Honda be rated as number 12? What the heck is going on? Well, sometimes you get surprises in Consumer Reports, which is the reason that you should uh, read it. Uh, Consumer Reports is, uh, without doubt, the most reliable, honest source of information on car quality and safety, uh, even pricing. Um, Sometimes you get vehicles that you have in your mind as not being a good vehicle, and they improve. You can have a, a, a manufacturer, Nissan, and they might have 20 different models, and one model is extremely good, and the rest of them aren't so good. Consumer Reports uh, carefully, uh, with experts, test these vehicles. They do extremely good surveys, unbiased. They don't accept advertising or money from manufacturers, dealers, for anybody. And you get surprises. I have to tell you, when you say to me a Nissan had a higher rating than a Honda, it makes me raise my eyebrows. But my money would be on Consumer Reports. And if you go into the detail, and you can get the detail on those on those tests, uh, you will find out that they're accurate. But nobody's perfect. And um, sometimes they do make mistakes. Uh, Rick's got a YouTube question. Yeah. Uh, Richard Poplis is asking, how much do dealerships mark up cars posted on the Internet? When I gave them an offer, 500 to to 1000 lower than their price, they acted like I had two heads. Part of the game. They want you to be uh, to feel guilty about trying to get a discount. Uh, you should always ask for a discount, and uh, they should respectfully accept or decline. But uh, the psychological point of shaming you into being embarrassed to ask is exactly what it is. They want you to back off and take the price they quoted. There is no markup uh, established for dealers to advertise online. Uh, online price is typically a better price than the one you get from the showroom when you walk in and say, how much is that car? Um, they will post their best price typically online. What you need to worry about is that an out-the-door price, meaning are they going to sneak in dealer-installed accessories and are they going to add hidden fees? And they will answer is yes. In most dealerships, they will do both. So the online price is a lower price than the showroom, but it's also a price that's full of hidden fees that you have to pay when you actually try to buy the car. 
You're listening to the best of the Earl Stewart on Cars program. If you have a question, text it to 772-497-6530 or online at youranonymousfeedback.com. And CHJ229 is asking, where do I check to see which dealership is on your recommended list? That would You go to earloncars.com. On the panel on the right side of the webpage, it says important links. And among those important links are the recommended dealer list. Yes. And we update it every Saturday as soon as we pass or fail our mystery shopping target. And remember, buyer beware, even on the recommended dealer list, we grade on the curve. So we have no perfect dealers, uh, including uh, our dealership. Nobody's perfect. Always be careful when you buy from anybody. And always shop and compare the price the out-the-door price with other dealers. Never fall in love with a dealer and decide that he's such an honest person and he gives you such good prices that every time you buy a car, you buy it. Shop and compare every time you buy a car. That is because a car dealership is a beast with many heads. Yes. you got the dealer's head and you got about 20 salespeople's heads. Exactly. And anybody can do their own thing. Um, Jay wants to know, or um, aren't the solid lines and intersections indicative of a no-lane change zone? Yes. Yeah. Next. That's what I remember from my driving test back when I was 15 years old. Okay. Um, this is a follow-up on anonymous feedback to the Consumer Reports comment. Um, the same issue of Consumer Reports has the Nissan Rogue listed as the second most reliable and the Toyota RAV4 listed as the fifth most reliable check out page 59 something is amiss um i did check out the consumer reports and like you just addressed before it's that's that's the way they called it it is what it is folks you know um full transparency we are a toyota dealership the folks in this room uh are affiliated with toyota dealership and we think we have sell a good product um uh to be totally honest and transparent there are other products that are better than Toyota's. Uh, if you go through the entire line, Toyota has, what, 25 or 30 models. Yeah. All the other manufacturers have 25 or 30 models. So if you love Toyota's, that's a nice thing to say, but you might find a Honda model that's better than the equivalent Toyota or a Nissan model. Uh, Things every, ebb and flow. Yeah, even some of the manufacturers out there with bad reputations We'll have a model that's pretty good. So you can't paint any manufacturer with the same brush. Uh, Go to Consumer Reports, and even Consumer Reports can be mistaken. Could be. I know. I hate to overcomplicate things, but you do realize that... There's no magic bullet. No magic bullet. And if you, you can buy a car that's rated high by Consumer Reports and find out you have problems with it. Yeah. And you can buy a car that's rated lower by Consumer Reports, and you won't have any problems. Right. Why? Because every car that comes off the assembly line is a little different. Yep. And Rick will tell you this. He works on these cars, and he'll find the exact year-make-model Toyota that has an oil consumption of half of what a, the exact same year-make-model Toyota has. It's, uh, cars vary when they come off the assembly line. And there are lemons to come off the assembly line. So uh, it's a uh, yeah. crapshoot. It's also a matter of degree when you rank things. Like, for, for instance, on Consumer Reports, uh, the Nissan Rogue um, 
is recommended on not just reliability overall higher than Toyota Rav4 in the 2020 model. Mm-hmm. It's close. They have a 75 score and Toyota has a 72 yeah. score. But um, the other thing to bear in mind is a lot of the repairs that we see um, that would maybe a Consumer Reports uh, tester might see is fixed with a software update and things like that. So mm-hmm. if you buy one that's not rated as high, doesn't mean it's going to be the worst car. And conversely, like you said, you buy the highest rated one, you might have a problem with it. Unless you're highly anal, obsessive, compulsive like like me, um, I would just go with the recommended cars yeah. on Consumer Reports. In general speaking, I would not buy a car that was not recommended, yeah. but if it was recommended, I'd feel safe. Yeah. Even though there was another model that was ranked numerically a little higher, I would go with the one I like the best. Yeah. You can't go wrong that way. And also something that I don't think that Consumer Reports addresses is the likelihood of a, of a manufacturer um, helping out the consumer if is something's not technically under warranty, things like that. And you've got to find uh, the right dealer. You've got to find the right manufacturer. Yes. Okay. Good day, Earl. I would like to know from all the crew, Nancy, Earl, Stu, and Rick, if they were sending their kid away to college and a car was necessary for them, what car would you choose? And FYI, no SUV, even small ones, as the kid driver is only comfortable driving small cars. Thank you and love the show. Let me jump in because <laughs> yeah. I'm sending a kid oh, to college. I want to go first. <laughs> and I'm not going to plug the car that uh, my son Jake, who is 17, graduating this year from Dreyfus, uh, he is driving a vehicle that has all the safety features. And so the, that's what's most important to me. Uh, I mean, I guess the old rule of thumb was, you know, you get a kid, you know, you know, a cheap used car, and you can still do that. And that might be a reality for probably mo- most people. But if you can afford it, um, I, I would definitely look at something. And not was, to overdo the Consumer yeah. Reports thing, but you also want to yeah. buy the consumer uh, uh, high safety rating yes. by Consumer Reports. So that's what I did. So the um, my son is going to college in a car with an extremely high Consumer Reports safety rating, also with good fuel economy and some other things. But safety is paramount for me. And Rick, what were you going to say? Toyota Corolla. No. It, it simply – if you – Watch today mm-hmm. and count the number of Corollas that you see on the road any year. Toyota Corolla is everywhere. Those cars last. Yeah. And what I'll, if you really want to go and, and, and do a research, I talk to some uh, body shop managers, collision body shop managers mm-hmm. that see hundreds and thousands of cars. And they can tell you when a car comes in and it's like, like in a wheelbarrow, just smashed yeah. and nobody was hurt. He'll say, boy, that's the car I'm going to buy. Yeah. And yeah. You, if you have a car that can be totaled and nobody was even scratched in the car, you're looking at a safe car. Yeah. Yeah. They look ugly after the crash, but yes. if, the, if the passenger cabin is intact, then that's a good. they did a good job building that thing. All right, each week, this is more anonymous feedback. Uh, each week I hear you talk about the Takata airbag recalls. Is there any way to know in a fatal accident if the airbag exploding caused the accident or did the airbags activate after the crash happened? Maybe you could discuss that. That's a great uh, question because it's something we don't talk about often enough. They come up with these statistics, 25 people were killed or 10 people were killed or whatever. It's impossible to tell in a bad accident what the cause of death was. Maybe not impossible, but the fact is there are no autopsies performed. When you find a terrible accident on the turnpike or uh, interstate somewhere, uh, the people are taken to the morgue. Uh, I mean, that sounds very, very 
a terrible thing to say, but they, they're they so clearly dead and terribly dead, you don't know if it was the shrapnel from the inflator of the, of the uh, airbag in, indicator or not. There should be some research done into all these accidents to find out if the inflator did, in fact, blow up. Rick? And I was just wanting to mention, the only way to really determine if that inflator detonated like that is to actually disassemble the dash or steering column to get to the inflator because they're buried down in there. Good, good point. So it's, yeah. it's tough to get down to them to see them. And there's something else for the federal government, folks. Uh, there should be a law now with this huge Takata airbag recall that exactly what Rick just described is done. In every fatal accident or every accident with an injury, there should be a law that the insurance company or the I don't know who would be responsible, take apart the dash, inspect the inflator and the airbag. If the airbag de- deployed, that should be inspected. And okay, it wouldn't folks. even be that hard because you can just go with a sawzall and just cut it to get to see it. Okay, folks, I just want to remind you, I'm still here. Telephone number is 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. And if you want to check out that terribly built Toyota, the Tercel, Google it. And as far as my answer is concerned for a safe car for your grandchildren or your children, I pick the Corolla, Camry, and the Forerunner. But my grandchildren and children are all grown. Okay, with all of that information, we're going to go to our next caller, and he is calling from Lake Worth, and that's Rich. Good morning, Rich. Good morning. How are you? Well, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I have a quick question. Um, I'm in a bit of a pickle. I bought in December a 2019 Toyota Highlander EXE, XLE, excuse me, and for the life of me, I cannot find a comfortable position in the driver's seat. When I had taken on a test drive, it was not an issue, but it is just the driver's seat is just killing my back. And I'm just wondering if that's an issue you've heard before, or is it just specific to me? You know, the seat is a, um, a safety issue. We have customers uh, with different reasons for asking us to um, change their seats. Because as part of the safety structure of the car, there are limits to what we can do. We usually just recommend uh, cushions or things like that. Even then, you're you're uh, you're you're risking affecting the safety of the vehicle. Rick, you probably hear no more about that than I do. What? Um, it's going to depend upon what what sort of pain you're feeling and where. But I'd recommend trying some of those lumbar cushions uh, that go at the small yeah. of the back. I, I did get a lumbar cushion, and it, it does help, but you know, quite frankly, it's just it's annoying me in uh, having a lumbar cushion in my new car, because previously, my last new car that I bought was a 2004 Acura MDX, and to go back to what you folks were saying about Consumer Reports, the main reason I didn't go back to another Acura MDX was because of Consumer Reports, and they rate it so poorly, I believe, a one out of five, and it's pretty low on the numerical scale, mm-hmm. whereas the Highlander is a you know similar vehicle to... Not similar, but in size and utility to the MDX, and I liked it, and I like everything about the car other than the lack of comfort. And But I don't find much online about folks complaining about the comfort of the seat, and as a matter of fact, Consumer Reports rates the comfort of the seat five out of five. Wow. So I, I, didn't know, I didn't know if this is a problem you folks have ever addressed or even heard of with this particular model. Well, this is, you know, this isn't... Um 
going to make you feel any better, but I always recommend that people drive the car uh, at some length before they buy it. And even if you were driving Highlanders before, you know, next, next year's model is a little different. And as a car dealer, the good thing about being a car dealer is I, I hear all the complaints from customers. And we commonly have complaints with people that will buy the same car they bought before, they thought, you know, but it's the current model. And there's something about the car that is a little different that you really can't feel or discover until you drive it. And we encourage customers to take a car for a day or two and drive it under the same conditions they normally drive, sit in the seat the way you normally sit, get in and get out. But uh, that isn't going to help you any. This is after the fact. But for, for the folks that are listening to you, uh, it's just a, it's got to be frustrating. I don't blame you. You did all your homework. You're a highly educated consumer. You check with Consumer Reports, and you did exactly the right thing. But now you got a seat that's a little bit different, and it's affecting you. And I'm I'm so sorry that happened. I mean, uh, if you're anywhere near our dealership, we'd love to have you come in, and we'll help you any way we can, make any suggestions we can. Uh, but it's something that um, hopefully the folks that are listening will listen to this and be very careful before they buy a car they haven't even driven in. We have a lot of people buy cars today and they don't drive the car before they buy it. And even though you drove the same model four years ago, the new car is different. And Rich, I want to let you know that uh, I too uh, agree with Earl and there's so many uh, consumers that take that issue uh, last. They don't even consider it. They look at everything else on the vehicle they get home and they find out that that front seat, that driver's seat, is so uncomfortable. And uh, I'm very sorry for you. Rick? No, well, thank you. That, and uh, Earl, you're exactly right. That does not make me feel better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, like Earl says, if, if the dealership won't allow you to do like a full-day test drive, I would even consider finding a place that rents that model of vehicle. Yeah. And rent a car, you know, if you pay 50 or $60 to rent it for one day to drive that thing around and really run it, uh, it's unfortunate because the, the problem is that, you know, even sitting in this room right now, we've got four different people in here with four vastly different sizes and shapes to the four of us. And nobody can make one seat that's going to make it comfortable for all four no matter how many ways there are to adjust it. So exactly. it's, it's tough. And, and if, a, if a dealership wants to seal a deal with you, you know, most of them will let you take that vehicle home overnight mm-hmm. where you can really check out the comfort of that driver's seat. Right. Now, let, let, may I ask a follow-up question? Sure. sure. Just based on what you were previously saying just moments ago about consumer reports um, and the main reason why I stayed away from another MDX, would you, because it gets such a low score on the Consumer Reports rating, stay away from the MDX? Now, I had the other MDX. I still have it, actually. Um, and I have had it pretty much trouble-free for 220,000 miles. Um, and I guess that bucks the trend of Consumer Reports as well on that particular model. But should I be scared? Of, because I, I, quite honestly, I mean, if I can't resolve this problem, I, I'm going to have to sure. you know, probably either get another car or figure something else out but i think it might be another car i'm just wondering should i be so scared away from the car just because of consumer reports 
Uh, you know, my answer to that would be it's just statistics and probability. Uh, you could get that. You could, that's an Acura, right? You get the uh, mm-hmm. going yeah. back to the Acura. Uh, you could buy that car and you would love it and never have a problem with it. But statistically, the odds are higher you will have a problem with it uh, based on the Consumer Reports testing. Let me ask you this: This testing that you're talking about is on the current model new car uh, NVX, right? Yes. Okay. Um, well, it, it would it would be 2019. 2019. I you know, I hadn't, yeah. looked, I, had, I hadn't looked at the 2020 yeah. because I was looking for Consumer Reports does two types of testing. You know, they do the testing on the new vehicle. They probably did that in 2019, and they gave a rating. And that was based on a survey of customers that had bought the car or and their own testing. Uh, there's a big difference between testing a car when it first comes out and then giving the results of having driven that car for three or four years. They test the cars later. That's where they give their reliability and maintenance and cost a sort of evaluation. So uh, the testing of consumer reports on the new model car is not as reliable as the one on the three or four. If you'll recall, Consumer Reports gave Tesla a perfect rating. The only time they ever gave a 100 rating to any car when it came out new. And then two years later, they dropped it off their recommended list because it was a great car when it was crispy, fresh, new when they tested it. And two years later, there were a lot of glitches that were coming up. So uh, not to overcomplicate this, but uh, it's just a matter of playing the odds. The odds say you're better off not to buy it, but you could... You could win the lotto and and never have a problem with it. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. I, I sure do appreciate your input. Sorry, um, I couldn't. I'll, I'll figure out where to go from here. Couldn't answer the question, but we tried. Thank you, Rich. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. I've actually got a couple interesting uh, quotes on YouTube here on on Consumer Reports. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevie says, "Consumer Reports. I'm a subscriber." And I think the issue is that they treat issues with the infotainment and air conditioning the same as issues with the engine and transmission, meaning they would kind of lump everything in as their total number. I don't think so. I think they break that out. If you look at the detail on the consumer reports, they tell you specifically how they rate it, yeah. and then they have a cumulative total. Not that the infotainment isn't going to be... Uh, part of the rating. It could be, in, it could be in, uh, inconvenient to get that fixed, but they have reliability and then also owner satisfaction, and then they break it down into a whole bunch of other categories. And then Gearhead10 says, Customer reports is a joke. Can't believe you all recommend them. They're biased. <laughs> when scoring a car, they survey their subscribers. Complete joke they are. I'm sure you will disagree because you're obsessed. Uh, you're obsessed with them. <laughs> I have a family member that works for slash with them. It's all biased. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what makes a horse race, right? Difference of opinion. Um, There are people out there that that just don't agree with anything. And uh, uh, I I guarantee you you can't take a uh, source or a book or anything or person and get 100%. So your opinion is Consumer Reports is a joke. And... Unfortunately, not in this polarized nation that we live in. Exactly. Right. But if there's one thing that has got the most respect and, and it's uh, better than Motor Trend, it's better than anything. It's, it's, it, they're not perfect, though. They're definitely not perfect. Nope. And here's another one that's right, just right up your alley, Earl. It's Warhawk Legend 69. Love your username, by the way. That, Me too. That's awesome. Me too. Very powerful. Earl, if a dealer is charging a dealer fee to one, 
does that mean they have to charge that same fee to everybody? If not, will they get into legal problems in Florida? No, and that is a lie uh, perpetuated by the car dealers. They will tell you that, that they have to charge everybody a dealer fee if they charge you, or if they don't charge you, they can't charge anybody. That is pure bogus. Uh, That originated, if you're interested, many, many years ago from the Florida Automobile Dealers Association warning dealers that if they charge dealer fees to a certain class person, in other words, if if, uh, older people were always charged dealer fees and younger people weren't, or if Hispanics were always charged dealer fees and non-Hispanics weren't, or if Afro-Americans were charged dealer fees and Caucasians weren't, then you could be charged for discrimination. But the dealer fee itself can be uh, selectively uh, and randomly, and that's typically what happens in some cases. And that sort of thing doesn't just apply to dealer fees. If you're doing anything negative to any particular class of of customer, then you can be sued for that. You know, I got one other question. I'd really, this is actually for me a personal side thing, but you, you got right to call on that same line. You have to call. I'll, I'll grab go, my phone. Go, out, go outside and call. <laughs> uh, at a buy here, pay here lot, that the buy here, pay here lot is holding the note for the car. Mm-hmm. And so toting, they're toting the note. They're, they're doing it. <laughs> and they require the buyer to have. Full insurance, PIP liability, comp and collision on the car. Mm-hmm. The salesperson told the buyer that it is required by state law in Florida that they have to have comprehensive and collision on the car for the loan to go through and for them to take delivery of the car from the buy here, pay here lot. Is that actually a state law or is that... I'm going to guess. Where they're just trying to protect themselves. I'm going to guess, Rick, that it's up to the lender on the type of protection that they want to put on there. For sure. example, leases require a higher, a lessors require a higher level of insurance, and a bank could probably require what yeah, they buy want. Yeah, buyer payers lying to you yeah. because they don't want you to drive the car unless you buy and yeah. pay for the collision insurance. Right. Because if you can't pay their choice. and wreck the car, it costs them money. So that's a lie. Yeah, that's their choice. Okay. Yeah. Where are we going? Sure. We got a question from Steve in New Jersey. Uh, hi, Rick. I just had four new tires installed by, installed by Costco, and I had four new air pressure sensors installed as well. I asked them if I have if they have to tell the car's computer to recognize those sensors, and I was told by them that they will be automatically recognized. My car is an 07 Lexus ES350. Is that true? Eh. Lexus and all Toyotas, those sensors have to be programmed to the car by way of a Toyota scan tool. I'm surprised Costco misinformed you. You should go back and uh, correct them. Because I'll bet you anything that that tire light, every time he starts the car, blinks for about a minute and a half and then goes solid and stays on. Mm -hmm. Okay, next one. This is for Rick, too. My trusty weed whacker requires a single fill-up, oil and gas. Wouldn't it make sense for my car to have the oil pre-mixed with the fuel for extra lubrication? That's from Al Aluminum, and I'm going to guess... It's a joke question. Well, Al, I'll forge out an answer for you. Uh, no, and the main reason that what, we do what not... What if they had a two-cycle engine? Well, that's actually the, the case of it. The main reason we don't use two-cycle engines on automobiles is the lack of power produced by them for moving a heavier vehicle and the absolutely immense amount of emissions produced by two cycle engines 
And so that gas and oil mix is polluting like crazy versus the only somewhat horrible pollution coming from our four-cycle gasoline engines. Next. All right. Picked up by 9to5Mac. I read that blog. Apple accidentally left code in its newly released iOS 13.4 beta for car key. And it's an unannounced all-new service which has the potential to transform the automotive landscape by enabling iPhone and Apple Watch owners to use the desi- their devices as digital car keys. I read that same article. Um, I also know that Toyota and other manufacturers are going to are all developing this electronic key thing mm-hmm. where you're able to start your car, get in your car. But the reason they're saying it could transform the automotive uh, landscape is because it allows for more easier and a uh, ride sharing. Mm-hmm. So if you can go to a car and use your phone to get in and start it, that's how you start this uh, true ride sharing paradigm. All right, I'm having a mind blank. There's a, a car commercial I've just seen recently where the meter maid walks up to the car that's parked at a meter. Yeah. The meter's about to run out. The owner's sitting at an outdoor cafe. He pulls out his phone or his remote for the car and makes the car pull forwards. Nobody in the car. The car drives forwards into a green zone. The meter maid gets grumpy and leaves, and he walks over to the car and uses his phone to unlock the door. And, of course, their tagline is Ford, Honda, Chevy. Nobody else has this. But what what is that car company? I could use my phone to unlock the car. But you can't start it. Yes, I can. Not when you're driving it. No, not when I'm driving it. No. Yeah. And you can't go up to somebody else's car and get in there. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got to move along because we got a long Mr. Shopping report. And so we we're going to start. But uh, we have another one. Earl, have you called Steve Leto or Steve Richards in regards to having them part of your show? No. Um, okay, this is from Jennifer in Tampa. She says that she is a new listener to the show and she wants to ask uh, the recovering car dealer. What is your documentation documentation fee? We don't have a documentation fee. We don't charge any fees that are not applied by the government, and uh, uh, we also call doc fees hidden fees, which is what they really are because they don't include them in the advertised price. And Jennifer, there's an endless list. They have a name for it all, and it's bogus. So I hope you stay tuned next Saturday and become a regular on our radio show. Our phone number is 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. Oh, and that's the Hyundai has that new commercial. Oh, Mm -hmm. cool. Hyundai, Hyundai. Okay, this is another anonymous feedback. Good morning, Earl. Who are car gurus, NADAs, KBBs, and auto traders, and True Cars customers? Is it the consumers? Is it you and me? No, I'd guess that the customers are the car dealers, a wolf in sheep's clothing to attract the uninformed consumer to the dealer's lots. You're exactly right. And uh, uh, you would have to say that all those you named um, economically exist because of car dealers. The car dealers pay the fee. And you have to be very, very careful. I mean, our, you know, our true car is one that we've recommended on this show. We say the same thing about true car. Uh, car guru, auto trader, um, all the cars.com, they all get their revenue, source of revenue from the dealer. One of the reasons I go back about consumer reports is they don't take any money from car dealers, auto manufacturers, or anybody else. They are a non-profit. They exist strictly on donations, and you can't get any more squeaky clean than that. Nancy, Nancy, Nancy. 
That's the that's the Nancy, Nancy. It says, good morning. I have a mission for you, should you choose to accept. I think you might appreciate this callback to your past, a trip to the scrapyard. I recall a show from last year where you mentioned going to the scrapyard. I need a radiator and radiator fluid reservoir for my 2002 Civic. Can you help me? Thank you. Okay. I think we mentioned a uh, scrapyard, junkyard this morning, and a very popular one because of uh, Back in my day, we called him a junkyard. Rick, can you add to that? LKQ. Yep. There you go, LKQ. Like, kind, quality. That's the only way I can remember that. Like, kind, quality. Yeah. com. Yes. Another one, by the way, I had texted our our wholesale guy, Ted, um, for these. He, he recommended LKQ. Uh, the number is 800-962-2277. The other one is, is you pull and pay. I'm familiar with that one as well, and that's 561 Seven nine three three eight zero eight. That's you pulling. The one that pay. bothers me is Snake Road Wrecking Yard. I do not drive. But it's probably on Snake a great Road. place, but I just I don't. I change the name if I were them. Well, well, Snake Road is actually the road that it's on. Yeah, I don't care. And the county name. I don't that even want to walk on Snake I've, Road. Yeah, I'm not, not going to drive on Snake Road. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a, it's a great lot. I've been there. I'm, it's, I'm it's, glad. It's 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 right at the intersection of Snake Road and Spider Boulevard. Yes. There you yep. go. Hey guys, I uh, just want to alert you. We're four minutes. Uh, well. To the mystery shopping report. Timing is perfect because I got one more anonymous feedback Great. and one more text. Great. Uh, this one's going to be real quick. What's Alan's recommendation for preventing your fake leather seats from drying out and cracking? I think I think Rick was spot on in regards to keeping the seats clean, but I'd also like to maintain their current pristine condition. Isn't a conditioner of sorts required for this? I texted Alan. Alan said, "Get a commercial, just your regular commercial leather conditioner." And that's what he recommends. Well, uh, commercial leather conditioner on artificial leather. Yeah, that's interesting. What says. Counterintuitive, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, now and, two minutes. All right, we're catching up. Hi, this is Steve from New Jersey. Um, ever able to ask the Consumer Reports author of their crash test biased how male focused testing puts female drivers at, at risk? The author stated that female drivers and front seat passengers versus males, they're at a uh, 17% greater risk of death and a 73% greater risk of serious injury from an accident. Okay. All right. Okay, folks, uh, don't forget that uh, column that Earl writes every week. And, boy, I'll tell you what, you can't read this enough, and that's never go car shopping alone. And you can get that in the uh, Hometown News, and uh, you can read it at Earl on Cars. Florida Weekly. And the, Flor- and the Florida Weekly. And uh, to uh, your text, uh, Stu, uh, I talked about that from the Consumer Report because they were recognizing the fact that women and children have not really been recognized, their body frame, uh, which puts women in a very vulnerable position. You're listening to the best of the Earl Stewart on Cars program. If you have a question, text it to 772-497-6530 or online at youranonymousfeedback.com. Okay, folks, we're uh, moving into our very special uh, mystery shopping report. And Jonathan in the control room now is going to uh, put a video on, which is a video of a television advertisement by the target of our mystery shopping report, which was Palm Beach Toyota. And they're located, of course, in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. And they're on, was it Southern Boulevard? Southern and Congress. And Congress. Palm Beach Toyota, they're an extremely large dealership. I would say the largest in Palm Beach, Martin, Broward, not Broward, Palm Beach County, uh, total volume, do a lot of business. Uh, they're owned by the Penske Auto Group. So 
Uh, Jonathan, uh, you're in the other room. I can't see you. You can see me. Uh, let me know if you can play that, uh, or should I start in on my... Why don't we start? we probably get up to the spot in the okay. report where you would you yeah. cue Jonathan. We'll do that. Okay. This week, we're taking a break from our Takata investigations and turning our attention to car dealer advertising. Our weekly mystery shopping report used to focus almost exclusively on car dealer advertising, and we've exposed about every trick in the book. We've seen ads with enormous and too-good-to-be-true discounts, ridiculously low car payments, and impossible offers for trade-ins. We've seen promises for guaranteed finance approval and offers for huge cash prizes. At the heart of these ads is a simple concept, bait and switch. Bait and switch. The bait, attractive offer, and the switch, less desirable deal, often far less, that awaits a customer who falls for the bait of the ad. We've done less mystery shops on car dealers advertising lately, mainly because of the shift to digital advertising away from newspapers. Hardly ever see an ad in the newspaper anymore by a car dealer. There were two this morning in the Palm Beach Post. A lot of digital advertising is targeted down to the individual consumer online and on social media. It's a lot harder for us to find them. Did you know that with the uh, what they call it, geofencing, car dealers can find out where the people that they typically sell cars to, to live, and they can put that in that area, that zip code. They can target your home, and they can come after one person or a zip code or a multiple zip codes. It is frightening how they can target consumers. So, therefore, if we're looking on our Facebook page and we see an ad, that's because that's what they want us to see, not what you might see. Everybody sees something different. Very interesting. Um, we've also seen a reduction in many of the most outlandish ads. Consumers have wised up, and car dealers know it. Car dealers have wised up, too. It's kind of like parody. I mean, when the consumers were suckers, the car dealers were stupid. And now the consumers are smart. And the car dealers are smart, too. Ads today tend to be a little more sophisticated than low-key. Some auto manufacturers have established firm guidelines on what their dealers can advertise. Not firm, firm enough. Yeah. Firm is a relative term. Yeah, is a relative term. <laughs> Not rock solid. No, far from it. This doesn't mean it's any safer for consumers. On the contrary, car dealer ads today seem more believable. They really do. I mean, they can fake honesty better than ever before. It's probably harder than ever to detect the ruse. This example uh, we'll use this week we, example we use this week is an ad from a local Toyota dealership, Palm Beach Toyota. I shy away from misty shopping Toyota dealers, particularly the ones my dealership competes with directly. I don't want to give the impression that I'm attacking my competition to gain an advantage. So when I do, I'm careful uh, to treat the investigation as a service to the consumers. And you regular listeners to know the show, no, we shop everybody. We shop, you know, Hyundai. I mean, we shop everything. Yeah, we can't take Toyota off the list just we can't. because we're... Toyota's right. the largest. They sell more cars than anybody else in this area. I mean, in, in Florida and the southeast United States, they're number one. They got about 15% of the market. And so they outsell all the other manufacturers. So we have to target them from time to we'll time. We'll just squirm a little bit when we do it. We squirm, yeah. I'm squirming right now. 
<laughs> we shot Palm Beach Toyota last September for advertising used vehicles disguised as new ones. I mean, that's pretty low. The ad we looked into was an online offer for completely redesigned 2020 Corolla starting at $14,977. Now, at some point, Jonathan will be... Yeah, I'll, 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 give, you let the, me know. I'll give you the signal. Yeah, I'm just talking now because we have that TV commercial that's going to be coming at us, and you will see what we saw when we decided to try to buy the car that Palm Beach Toyota was advertising. Our shopper discovered that the advertised car was, in fact, a used rental vehicle, making matters worse. The advertised car was no longer available for sale. This is a previous shop. We yeah, did. that was the online ad. The online ad. Yeah. And uh, not the one we're talking about now. And the salesperson squished our shopper into a more expensive car. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's run the spot now. Okay, let's run the perfect. spot. Here we go. Jonathan. Palm Beach Toyota. Save on 2020 Corolla. 14477 Save up to $7,999 off. New Toyotas. South Congress. Across from the airport. There you go. Okay. Back at it again. Sounds pretty good. What did you, what did you hear and what did you see? If you didn't see it, what did you hear and what did you see? That's what the impression is that gets people to come in. And that's the impression we got to bring our mystery shopper in. And we thought we were going to buy a 2020 Corolla for $14,477. I'm, I'm just being 100% honest here. Without looking at it and studying it, I would have just thought that it was a, it was a new new 2020 Corolla. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh, at any rate, Palm Beach Toyota is back at it again, this time with a television ad you just heard promising, or maybe saw if you have YouTube and they're on Facebook, uh, promising a 2020 Corolla for just $14,477, $500 less than they had they ran last fall. And we shopped them last fall. The price is in enormous 3D red print. Yeah, animated. And you saw that. There it is right there. You saw that if you watched the TV ad we just ran. And uh, the narrator uh, says, 2020 Corolla, $14,000. $477. Now, this is 2020. This is February. It's only, only two months into 2020, and they're advertising in 2020. How many 2020 used car ads are you going to see out there? Not a whole lot. It Not says used lot. on top, but it's about literally about one one hundredth the size of the of the price. Exactly. And here it is here. <laughs> Your eyes go to the red this thing. Is, this yeah. is a screenshot of it. Here we go. I think the, we should run that again. Well, I, I think we will. The narrator says 2020 Corolla 14477. He does not mention the word used, uh, but it, it is displayed in smaller print. What would the average consumer think? It is the year 2020. A 2020 Corolla would naturally be new, right? That's what I think. This is the same deception. Okay. The ad goes on to promise to save, listen to this, save $7,999 off new Toyotas. Well, my mind says... They're advertising a Corolla. I'm going to save $7,999 off this new Corolla 2020. But the catch was revealed in the fine print. Yes, there is fine print. Effectively invisible. And I would say literally illeg illegible. Yeah. It's effectively, effectively invisible, and it's literally illegible. Okay. Unless you're doing what we did. 
unless you're doing screenshots. Recording, you know, yeah. Freeze the screen. Who does Record that? it, play it back. Only weird people like us. That's right. Uh, the 7,000, here's the, here's the uh, answer to the mystery. The $7,999 discount was on a new 20, 2020 Land Cruiser. And we were talking about Land Cruisers earlier in the show. They had in stock, and they had a stock number for this Land Cruiser. Now, Land Cruisers are a low-supply, uh, high-demand vehicle, and they're priced higher than they should be. And they have a bigger markup. And so you can mark, mark up a Land Cruiser, probably, what, 12000 13000 mm-hmm. And discount of $7,999 on a Land Cruiser is not a bad discount. No. Uh, a 2020 Toyota Land Cruiser is a very expensive, heavy, uh, luxury SUV with a huge markup. Uh, cost to MSRP. Uh, $799, $7,999 discount is no big deal. There aren't many, if any, other Toyotas that could allow this big a discount, almost $8,000. We did a check on this, right? You went on this later on. There are very few around anywhere, and Palm Beach Toyota did not have one in stock. Yeah, we were going to send somebody else out to do a double shop to look at the Land Cruiser, but it wasn't there. So they were advertising a discount on a Land Cruiser that they don't have, and we found out later does not exist, to allude to a discount on a Corolla, which the discount could not apply to. We thought maybe it was at another Penske store, but it doesn't exist in the system at all, so it's been sold. Exactly. Uh, if it ever existed at all. It did. We, uh, it we, did. Found, we found the invoice, oh, okay. yeah. Uh, as Stu said, we searched our regional inventory and could not find the Land Cruiser. So we sent in Agent Tempest to see about the ad for the 2020 Corolla for just 14000 $477 that was supposed to make you believe at a $8,000 discount off of MSRP. If you remember from a few weeks ago, Agent Tempest is our female mystery shopping agent who just happens to be about nine months. Yeah. Wow. She's anytime now. Stand by for launch. That's right. <laughs> Countdown. Here's our report here. I pulled into the parking lot at Palm Beach Toyota. I'm speaking as if I were Agent Tempest. Um, Early in the afternoon, I took a little time to get my daughter out of the car and collect her stuff. Then I made my way to the entrance. I was greeted by a salesman who said, welcome to PBI? PBT. PBT. Oh, PBT. Yeah. Oh, PBI. Palm Beach International. Right. It's right across Palm the street from him, though. It is closer. You can be careful. Later, I would learn his name was Gustavo. And just for probably an irrelevant source of information, most of the customers at Palm Beach Toyota are Hispanic, and most of the staff there is Hispanic. Is that right, Stu? I think so. They definitely have a high percentage high of, percent of Spanish-speaking. And I, I say people. this because we're talking about confusion and smoke and mirrors and television ads and fine print and so on and so forth. Can you imagine Imagine yourself in Argentina or uh, Mexico, and you're a native, and you're a Spanish, Spanish is your native language, and you're seeing an ad in English. I mean, the people that don't have English as a primary language have even more difficulty in understanding fine print and bait and switch yeah. ads. I mean, the numbers are going to be uh, universal. So yeah. if you see uh, a picture of a Corolla and it says fourteen four seventy seven, but your English isn't great, yeah. you might not catch the, uh, the exactly. catch. Exactly. 
At any rate, um, I explained to Gustavo that I'd come in because of the TV ad I'd seen on the 2020 Corollas. Uh, Gustavo said, come on in and let me tell you about the car. Well, we walked from the dealership. I headed for an open table. It's a large showroom with a lot of cars and ample desks. They appeared busy. Uh, we sat down and got right to it. Gustavo used an iPad to find the car I'd asked about. He pulled up their website, uh, tried to find the advertisement. He said he couldn't find the $14,477 offer. That's peculiar because they're advertising it on television. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't find uh, the offer. He did find a $15,557 for a 2020-2020 pre-owned certified uh, used car. So he couldn't find the advertised car that was on television, but he found a used car. I asked him, what about the $14,000 one? And I thought it was a new 2020. Are you telling me it's used? He explained to me that it wasn't technically a used car, is it never had an owner. However, it was used as a courtesy vehicle by the dealership. Now, here we get into smoke and mirrors and fog. What is a used car? Uh, the legal definition of a used car is a car that's been titled. Uh, in reality, if a car has got a lot of miles on it, it's been driven, it's a used car. But now we're, now we're tap dancing. This is the smoke and mirrors. Pettifoggery. So exactly. I expressed my dissatisfaction. I told him that this was intentionally misleading. Gustavo explained the new Corolla LE would be around 19000 Yeah. Man. That'd be a good that's price. A yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. That's a good price. Uh, that does include dealer fees. Right. Exactly. I paused and pretended to concentrate on my situation. Finally, I said I'd be willing to consider the certified one. I asked him if I could get that one at the advertised price. Of fourteen thousand four seventy-seven, Gustavo said that the certified one was only five hundred dollars more. Yeah, more like a thousand more. Uh, and it was a thousand more. He said it was worth an additional five hundred dollars because it was Toyota certified, and the one the TV ad was not. Excuse me. Peculiar. My hair is on fire. Yeah. I am looking at this Palm Beach Toyota ad, yeah. and I think it's worthy of running again. This is just. Unbelievable. Okay, Jonathan, run that ad again. Or Ken. He, he's not ready. Palm Beach Toyota. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Save on 2020 Corolla. 14477 Save up to $7,999 off new Toyotas. South Congress, across from the airport. Listen and weep. Short and exactly. sweet. I didn't ask him how he knew anything about the one the TV had earlier. He said he couldn't find it. Uh, he, I, my guess is Gustavo didn't want to find it. Well, I thought it was an interesting point that she brought up was he goes, he couldn't find the ad, so but he seemed to know an awful lot about the car, saying it wasn't certified, but he couldn't find Yeah, exactly. How would he know what she was talking about? Good point. If he can't find the ad, how would he know that? Gustavo went on to explain the benefits of getting a Toyota certified used vehicle, the warranty, the inspection, etc. When he was done, he let me know he was going to bring the Corolla up front and to come back and get me. He asked me if I wanted... Uh, water before leaving. I said, no, thank you. Gustavo came back fairly quickly. Then we made our way outside and found the car. It was a used 2020 Corolla, as promised. A lovely blueprint. Mm -hmm. It's a a color of your shirt. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. That's my favorite color. With sparkles in it. That was the color of my Barracuda. (laughs) (laughs) Was it really? Yes. (laughs) 
Gustavo handed, you are the Barracuda. Gustavo. Seats too. Vince is making a fist right now. You Thank you very that. much. Gustavo handed me the keys and asked me to turn on the car. I started the engine. Uh, I looked the vehicle over. It looked like a new car that needed to be vacuumed. Maybe a car wash too. Gustavo talked about the car and showed me the Carfax report on his iPad. It was reported to be one owner vehicle with an accident that occurred last September. Uh, That's uh, kind of <laughs> right. What a full life this Corolla has lived. It really has. And it's the short. car just came out in September. <laughs> right, pretty much. Maybe they wrecked it getting it off the truck when it came in. I said the accident was a turnoff. Gustavo was quick to point out the report indicated only minor damage. That is true. Yeah, could be. Scratch. Still. I asked if I could see the Corolla was in the TV ad. Gustavo said he didn't think they had it. I asked where it was, and he replied... <laughs> He said, out there. I thought that was like a metaphysical thing that he yeah. was doing there. It's, yeah. it's there. somewhere. <laughs> it's not here. It's out there. Yeah. Pointed to the road. Right. I asked him what that meant, and he replied, <laughs> I rent it out. I, 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 I relented fine. I said, can you show me how much this one will be? I mean, this is really, uh, I can't believe it. Casablo said we should go back inside where he could put the numbers together for me. He asked a bunch of questions as we walked toward the showroom. Finance or cash, tax transfer or new plate, so on. I said I was financing with $5,000 down. I needed a new, a new tag. At his desk, Gustavo asked for my driver's license and took a picture of it with his iPad. He asked for my phone number, but not my email address. Then he got up and retrieved a printed worksheet. He started by justifying the price, said the vehicle was originally 21224 but he was giving me a $5,667 discount. He glossed over the other fees and then stated, glossed over the other fees, then stated that after my $5,000 down payment, I'd be financing 13733 He said that without running my credit, he would guesstimate my rate, which he did in handwritten print, 5% for five years for a $259 monthly payment. The fees that appeared on the worksheet included, here we go, $999.95 pre-delivery service charge and, get this, $695 in total finance aftermarkets. Mm. That's a new one. Mm. I asked Gustavo about the 695 He looked caught, you know, like a deer in the headlights. He said it was for a low jack. Why didn't they just say low jack? Huh? Low jack. That was because I, no, I asked him why he included it, and he replied that it could help the police recover my car if it was stolen. He also said my car insurance would be less with it. I said, I don't want it. Gustavo said he would take it off. Now, only because Agent. Who? Agent. Uh, <coughs> Tempest. Tempest. Only because Agent Tempest That's spotted that. That's a take that. on the thunder thing. Yes. The storm. Yeah, I was going to say thunder. Only because Agent Tempest spotted that did they take it off. And it didn't say it was low jack. They didn't even name it. They just said uh, financeable options or something like that. Total financed aftermarkets. Yeah. As we were wrapping up, I asked him if he could match the $14,477 price I saw on TV, the one I thought was a new car. He asked me if I was taking it home today. I said I wanted to go over. I love that. Are you taking it home today? 
I wanted to go to the numbers with my mom because she has a lot of experience buying cars. I said I would come back uh, with me. She would come back to help me through the finance process. Gustavo said his boss may be a little more ag aggressive with the price once my mother and I came back to finish the deal. Holding out a little hope, a little tease. Yeah. It might get better, yeah. but you got to come back. That's right. Then he said that $800 didn't really amount to a bunch. It was just $13 a month on the payment. I replied, hey, 800 bucks is 800 bucks." Mm -hmm. If Salvo handed me his business card, asked me to call him when I was coming back, and I thanked him. And uh, epilogue simply, clear-cut example of bait and switch. Not, not much more to say about that. They advertised a car for 7000 well, no, they advertised the car for fourteen thousand seven hundred. What was it? Fourteen four seven seven. Yeah, fourteen thousand four seventy seven. Right, and they said uh, eight thousand seven ninety nine, seven thousand nine ninety nine discount, and that's what you saw, and that's what you believed. And we played that advertisement twice. If you have video on Facebook or YouTube, and in reality, she ended up paying. Well, she didn't pay, but they gave her a price of sixteen two fifty two plus a thousand dollars in dealer fees, yeah. so seventeen one. That's yeah. pretty. Big and the dealer walk. fees were not included in the fake price, and uh, neither was the uh, low jack, which was added without even naming the product. And there's something else that I would have to say that wasn't added. I believe there's another fee, a tag agency fee. Yeah, one twenty nine. And I don't see, I don't think you see the 129 until you go into the finance office. Not that you see it, but that's where yeah. it appears it's on, on the, the uh, like computer. It's on the official yeah. legal buyer's order. Yeah. So there we have it, folks. Uh, deceptive advertising, bait and switch. Uh, and you actually saw the TV advertisement. What was your reaction if you were able to see it? We'd like to hear from you, and we'd like to hear you score Palm Beach Toyota as to whether or not what they're doing is the right thing. We got four grades that came in. Uh, Linda gives him a big fat F. I knew that was coming. Uh, Steve on Facebook gives him a, a low passing D. He says it's a typical experience at a car dealership in Florida. Mm -hmm. Lenny gives him an F, and Shakira is back giving him an F. And Shakira, I just want to say I, I thought your performance on Sunday was was pretty good. Uh, I've got Karen giving him a big fat F, and no others at the moment. Myself, I'm I'm giving him an F. That was that was just. Egregious. Yeah, two more came in. Two more Fs from Nate and Amy. Both give them Fs. Nancy, it's unanimous F. YouTube. I've got a, actually a couple of questions uh, from YouTubers. If we can get to them after the okay. shot. Okay. Well, I just uh, you know I'm I, you know I'm I know you're squirming. I'm squirming. I'm squirming because uh, Palm Beach Toyota is a competitor of mine. And uh, all the dealers we, are competitors of yours. All of them are dealers are competitors of mine, and uh, they all do bait and switch advertising. And I'm I'm on the fence here because of the fact that uh, we haven't videoed other TV ads yet, and uh, I wonder how much more deceptive on a curve basis the other ads are. The reason I lean toward flocking them is because I think. The, the seriousness of implying a new car when you're selling a used car is, uh, is bad. Yeah. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the failure on this, not because of the fine print, but because of the nature of the ad. I think when you premeditatedly 
prepare new cars or prepare used cars, manufacture used cars. Mm-hmm. You take a brand new car and either you put it in rental service so you can advertise it as a used car and then try to switch people to a real new car. Yeah. I think that's going over the line. Yeah, they, they try to get as close to the line as they can. Um, a, a year or so, a couple of years ago, they were doing the same thing, but instead of actually using the word used, they use CPO, which stands for Certified yeah. Pre-Owned, yeah. which the vast majority of the consumers out there have no idea what that means. Yeah. And so technically they were doing it, they got called out on it, and they changed it yeah. and, and had to start calling them used. Yeah, the, 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 uh, this, adver- this advertisement... Uh, actually had used in it uh, in the in the uh, not the audio the audio didn't have it oh here it is right here yeah if you look here you can see used above the fourteen thousand dollar and but bear in mind that that was all moving around in this it was like swooped onto the screen turned and went away and it wasn't in the audio Uh, if they said used in the audio then I wouldn't have uh, gigged them for it but I think and then they're, and then it was clearly deceptive, uh, ingenious, I might say, smart. Uh, Im- implication: the seven thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollar discount was on the Corolla, when in fact it was on a Land Cruiser that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. They don't have the car. Nobody has the car, and so they used the Land Cruiser discount when it, there is no Land Cruiser. So I, I think I'm talking to myself into the F. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I flunk them. Go, go to the, if you're listening, go to their website right now. Look for a Land Cruiser. Yeah, fine. There's, yeah. there's not one there. Good they don't ideas, too. Yeah, absolutely. And you're not going to be know, able to. Yeah, and you, you can't buy the Corolla even, either for that price. What's even more offensive is the fact that, you know, you, you don't even have to wonder why car dealers are rated uh, so low on the list. I mean, it's just really unfortunate, but you have to look for the good car dealers, and uh, you can find anything and everything you need to know about the topic, the subject that we're discussing this morning uh, by going to uh, Erwan Cars. Good dealers, bad dealers. There are some good dealers. Look at our recommended list, and that's on Erwan Cars. We got a couple of YouTubes, you said? Uh, Real quick one here. Tango Tango USA says, I'm thinking of buying a new car, a Highlander Platinum 2020, but all the dealerships want to play games. I'm frustrated. Ten dealerships, ten different prices. Any suggestions, Mr. Earl? Uh, you can go to our website. We're the only dealer I know that has out-the-door prices on every car they sell. Um, you probably live too far to want to buy it from me. So go on our website, earlstewarttoyota.com. Look up the car you want to price on you'll get an out the door price that's the lowest price we would sell you the car for you'll get a buyer's order that looks exactly like the buyer's order you would actually get yeah so that you could write us out a check for the number you see and take it to us and you could drive the car home so take that price and go to the nearest Toyota dealer near you and say i can buy this car from earl stewart for this price if you can beat it or meet it i'll buy it from you take it to any dealer uh, that you want, and if they match the price, you've got a good price. Countdown, three minutes. And Jose Huerta says, Hi, guys. My sister was caught at Elder Ford in Tampa for a 2019 Escape sold to her as new with 7,500 miles. Is that legal? This happened last June. Look at the buyer's order. 
Well, uh, first of all, shame on the state of Florida because the definition of a used car is simply one that's been titled. So you could take a new car, put 180,000 miles on it, and you could call it a new car. And mileage has nothing to do with whether a car is used or new, according to the state of Florida. It should be a used car, but it's not. So you just, just check the status, and if you want to know legally or not used, check the status of the title. If it's been pre-titled, it's used. That's right. And Mark Weiss, lower than F, is his grade for the mystery shopping <laughs> report. He Lord. says, however, I am in the Chicago, Illinois area, and I see ads saying executive demo or courtesy loaner, and they have less than 100 miles, some less than 25 miles. Your thoughts? Florida law says that if, and I can't speak for Illinois, Florida law says that if a car's been used as a uh, loaner, uh, demonstrator, if it has miles on it as a result of the use of the dealership, you have to disclose that fact. But they still sell it as a new car. But there is a F- Florida state form that you have to sign, and you probably sign it, and you don't even know you sign it, but the disclosure has to right. be there. It's also on the bar's order in Florida. It says either new, used, or demo will be checked. Yes. Okay. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you for joining us here at Earl Stewart on Cars. We look forward to hearing from you next week. Have a wonderful weekend.